everybody, and good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our fantabulous audience. Welcome back to yet another episode of the AIP podcast. It's your host Anne Ching from Supercharged Lab, and today, guess what? We've got the incredible Craig Gensler with us. He's the CEO and founder of FarmWave. Now, FarmWave brings together computer vision to the agricultural industry for the purpose of reducing crop waste. Can you beat that crop waste costs all of us globally 600 billion US dollars annually? And that's crazy. That's a tremendous amount that this makes this particular application such a critical part of the entire food industry and the agricultural industry that is so often overlooked. Through proprietary and patented technology, FarmWave is on a mission to resolve this huge problem of crop waste leading to better optimization of food production for the hungry world. FarmWave's Vision AI performs loss checks autonomously, reducing harvest loss by up to three to eight bushels per acre. And today, here with us to talk about it is Craig Gensler, CEO and founder of FarmWave. Welcome, Craig. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Anne. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to sharing our story. Absolutely. Craig, let's kick it off with you telling us your story. How did your interaction with Google Glass get you to founding FarmWave? It, kind of by accident. It was, um, I, I had a previous company called Basecamp Networks, um, which I sold in 2018. But uh, I was a partner of Google with Google Workspace and Google Cloud. And I had got asked early uh, about adopting Google Glass, getting a pair and trying it out, giving feedback. So I went to New York City to their to the office on the East Coast, and I got this pair. And I came back, and it was actually an acquaintance that I that I, I met here in Georgia, a guy named Bruce Rasa, who was a farm kid from Missouri, but sort of left the family farm to get into tech, and he went to like IBM and then NCR and Agco, which is how he ended up here in Georgia. And he talked to me about not only this pair of glass, but kind of what I was doing with with uh, large scale networks in agriculture. And we ended up taking this pair of Google Glass later on. Bruce got a pair as well to a, a John Deere developers conference in I think it was the fall of 2013. And it just kind of went from there. It was it was sort of the hit of the show. Of course, everybody wanted to put on glass and take a picture, but I really. I really got an idea of how could this be useful. And it was the ability to hands-free with a heads-up display, use your voice and take a picture and then send it to somebody. And I am not a farm kid. So I was like, well, what's the importance of that? And it was around crop scouting. So identifying disease and pests in fields that crop scouts will drive long distances to visit farms, walk the fields, look for disease and pest, see how bad it is, what can be done, you know, and, and, and advise the farmer. And I, I kind of have some background in AI. I did a little bit of it in the military in, in 1995 through 2001. So I was like, why don't you just use image recognition to identify the disease or pest and, and then you can send it to somebody. And everybody was like, you can do that. And I was like, yeah, I, I think we can. So, I mean, I know we can, can we do it on Google glass? And so that's really how it started. And we, we, it started on Google glass and, we did some projects. That was a bit of a, a novelty 
using Google Glass. So we then moved it to the mobile device. And now today it lives on performing many different tasks on machinery, such as harvest loss. That is amazing. Tell me a little bit about how far along you are with this journey with FarmWave. What kind of radical results have you been seeing? Sure. So initially on well, Google Glass or the mobile device, we had a lot of people adopting it to look for that disease and pest. But I, we didn't we didn't totally see the value of that. It was maybe a time savings. Um, we saw a, a pretty big increase of users uh, from from developing countries with smallholder growers, but we didn't really have their crop, banana, acronut, things like that. We were really focused on crops here in the U.S., row crops, corn, beans, wheat, and so on. But we had a lot of universities submit data through, you know, via imagery to build out these, these AI models uh, around disease and pest. But again, we still didn't really see the value. But one of the things that we were able to do was count the kernels on an ear of corn, uh, take a picture, flip it 180 degrees, take another picture, and it gave you an accurate count over 98% accurate in about two seconds. And that was used for helping to predict yield. We kind of repurposed those algorithms on machinery to look at harvest loss. And that is simply the grain left behind by the combine harvester as it goes through the field. Turns out, and this is a $2 billion problem in just the U.S. in just one year in just corn. And so in 2019, we started work on a prototype. And by the fall of 2020, we had a second version prototype in the field. Uh, we were seeing an average of anywhere from three to 10 more bushels per acre retained for the farmers, kind of dependent on crop. Uh, and the farmers were seeing an average of seventy dollars to $90,000 additional retained grain that year. So this was real value. This was real dollars back in the farmer's pocket. This was tech that could be applied and give a real return. That is crazy. But, you know, great. I, I'm sure you've heard this before. Big food today is controlling all the food that is being produced. How can your solution help the little guy who owns a little farm out in Latin America or in Africa or even Southeast Asia? Yeah, we, we're, we're trying to expand to more crops uh, by collecting data, building more AI models, uh, and, and really get this out to anyone that uses harvesters for for harvesting their crop. Some things in some parts of the world are, are still done done by hand. Uh, where they where they use heavy machinery, that's where we can really add value. We're also trying to repurpose what we did on mobile devices with disease and pest and adding it to sprayers. Now that's very much in beta. We're still very laser focused on harvesters, but the ability to take the tech and put it on sprayers to look at disease, pest, and then even components of the machinery, nozzle performance, droplet size, application coverage. In in anywhere in the world where this tech, you know, this machinery is used as well, this technology can add value. Um, we do still have a desire to release, you know, another second generation handheld app that might add value to smallholder growers in developing countries. Uh, there's still some work to be done on that. But as far as getting more uh, imagery to build more data and more AI models to really get this to work on as many crops as we can around the world is how we really want to try to add that value. 
So which crops have you tested your solution on right now? And what's your plan to expand that technology use across you know, food crops and even feed? Sure. Yeah, right now it works very, very well on corn and soybeans. We've got early beta models in wheat, barley, canola. We're collecting some more data uh, from some farmers in Canada this year on lentils and mustard seed. Uh, really, it's just as we get introduced to, to different areas and people get interested in FarmWave, we find so graciously that people are willing to reach out and say, how can I help? How can I help in my area? And it's as simple as we will send them, we call it a data collection kit, but really it's just a GoPro that we just tell them, hey, put this on the machine or wherever you would look to see harvest loss in your crop and capture some video, give them two batteries, kind of run through those batteries, collect several hours of video data, and then we take that and we break that up into images and we and we really start building AI models from there. Uh, so we, with the help of people that, that find the value in what we're doing, we just try to collect more data on these different crops, build models, and then push them into production once we, once we get them built. You know, um, Craig, I, I remember growing up in the fields of uh, Southeast Asia, and one of the biggest things I've noticed is that farmers are not tech savvy, right? So obviously, you know, a lot of farmers have a huge resistance to technology. How are you going to overcome this? I think there's, I, I think there's a change happening. I mean, I know there's a problem with succession in farming. You know, there's not everybody wants to take over the family farm. They're looking to go do something else. <clears throat> but I do think that that next generation that is taking over the family farm, they kind of grew up with the internet, right? So I do think that they are more tech savvy than previous generation. I know the average age of farmers, at least in North America, I think it's like still 60 or or in your late 50s. But I think that next generation that that kind of grew up with the internet is a little bit more tech savvy. Now, Adoption is still very much a problem. And I think adoption sort of, I think it kind of somewhat falls on companies like mine. We have a responsibility to really be looking at value, not just building tech for the sake of building in something with technology and putting it out there. Does it really add, add value? And I think that there has been a lot of overpromise and underdeliver in the ag tech sector with technology. And that's got to stop. You know, we've been around for almost eight years and a lot of people haven't heard of us. Uh, even just recently going through some interviews while we were trying to do our series B raise, people were like, how come I never heard of you guys? Well, we didn't do a lot of marketing. We didn't do a lot of, you know, putting stuff out on social media. We were heads down trying to perfect what we were doing so that when it got deployed, it added value. And trying to make it super simple for the tech-savvy or the non-tech-savvy farmer, whether they're tech-savvy or not, it was really about it's got to be able to deploy fast and get up and running. Farmers have so many jobs to do in a single day, and it's all sort of dictated by things that they can't control, the weather or crop conditions or machinery breaking or tech not working or whatever the case may be. So we had to keep keep this very simple, make it deployable pretty quickly, that they could just kind of push a button and get up and running. Now, it's not all that easy, but I think that's something that everybody should strive for. And we've really spent seven plus years trying to make that happen, uh, that we would produce something that could be very easily used in the cab. You don't have to stop the machine. Just keep going through the field, 
and see real value, have it deliver, you know, results that you can see in real time. So I, I think adoption is something that we're, we're still trying to overcome. I think, you know, the, the non-tech savvy farmers, uh, and I see it at some shows and conferences, we'll see an older farmer come by and, and they might say, oh, my son or daughter will come talk to you about this. I don't, I don't get involved in this anymore. But I think there is a shift happening there. I think that, you know, we're seeing some pretty tech savvy farmers out there. That's amazing. Well, that's all the time we have for you today, Craig. And I am so thankful for your time. Let's share with your, uh, our audience how they can get in touch with you if they're interested to find out more about FarmWave. Sure. You could simply visit us at farmwave.io. Uh, we have a, a pretty active Twitter page at FarmWave. And we have some YouTube videos that you can see about some of the things that we built. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Craig, for being on the show. It's such a thrill to have spent some time with you. And once again, to all our loyal listeners, thank you for tuning in. This is Anne from Supercharged Lab on behalf of the AIP Podcast signing off. Thanks, Anne.